on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. Beloved, it's not a shame to admit that there are foes sometimes that are too strong for you. Because in yourself, you are not meant to face them. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He is your support. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. He delights in you, beloved. He delights in you. He delights in you. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Okay. So today... Just a few technical issues. So today the Lord spoke to me. Not today he spoke to me. Well, you know, I talk to the Lord all the time, and you do too, right? You just go through the day. You just talk to him. And he said, it is the time of pressing. It is the time of pressing. It is a time of pressing. You see, God is revealing his word to us all the time. We read the word. You know, when you go to read the word, just ask the Lord. Say, Lord, open the eyes of my understanding and reveal the newness that you have in the word for me today. Reveal new things. Reveal the newness. Because when we yield to the revelation, the revelation of God in our lives, we can live in the throne room here and now. And I'm not just saying that to say that. I'm not just saying that because it sounds pretty. It is truly a time to take hold of what Jesus purchased to give you. It's time to quit listening to the lies of the devil, to the defeat. If we embrace, if we embrace the fullness of what Jesus died to give us. Our lives are limitless. The possibilities are limitless. But it takes active participation on your part. It takes pressing in, it takes believing the unbelievable in the carnal. Because in, in the carnal, everything about God is unbelievable. But in reality, in reality, the reality that God purchased, sent Jesus to purchase for us, the reality is that all things are possible in him, right? Your struggles are here. They're not, God, with God, those struggles evaporate. Maybe not the struggle, but the reality of his living through you. Does that make sense? Is that making sense to you guys? You know, this is really hard <laughs> because there is such a throne room experience <laughs> available to you in the here and now. I'm talking about entering the throne room of God. It is for you here and now. He doesn't give you pictures of what heaven is like. His persona, his reality, the living reality of heaven, he doesn't show you those things in the Bible and then say you cannot have it. It's only a matter of are you going to believe it and you, are you going to reach for it? Are you going to possess it? There is a big, man, I am not even close to, on my 
how I thought this was going to go. But there is coming a split in the church. And there are going to be those who enter into the fullness, who receive the fullness, who believe the fullness, who are open to the glory, and there are those who are not. And they're not going to receive everything. That doesn't mean they're not going to heaven if they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. But it means that they are going to miss out on a whole lot here. And there will be those who fall away. Sadly enough, there will be those who fall away. This truly is not the time to be sitting on the outskirts of the church, the true church, the Jesus church, the Holy Spirit-filled church. Don't waste your time going to a church that doesn't prophesy that doesn't have words of wisdom, that doesn't believe in healing, or maybe they believe in it, but they're too afraid to embrace it in in public. Don't waste your time. It is too late. Jesus is returning soon. There is going to be a split, and you want to be on the Holy Spirit side. When God shows us the throne room of heaven, there's a reason for that. Jesus ascended to give you that ascended life now. That was the whole problem with the disciples. They never really got it while he was here. He was in their midst. He's in your midst. All power, all because he has already ascended, And he has given you, through him, all power, all authority, all dominion. Healing is your right. Provision is your right. All the spiritual gifts in Christ are your right. Not only are they your right... They are your obligation. It is your obligation to walk in them. He gives gifts to everyone. Sitting in the pew and receiving a nice message is really not what it's all about. It is receiving the power and the glory of God to walk the way Jesus walked, to talk the way Jesus talked, to teach the way Jesus taught, to lay hands on the sick and they recover, To heal the brokenhearted, to set free the oppressed. And there is nothing, nothing that can prevent a believer who believes in that from doing what Jesus did. That's my whole message in summary. (laughs) Y'all want to go? But here's the deal. We have to get past the carnality that's all around us. We must get past that. Romans 8, 7. Because the carnal mind is enmity, hatred against God. Every moment that we walk in carnality is hatred towards God. 
and what Jesus has accomplished for us. So what's the answer? Just think like God. It's really simple. Just, just think like him. Read this and say, I'm going to believe that. I'm going to think just like God. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what people are telling me. I don't care if people tell me that's just part of life. You're just going to have to deal with it. So you don't believe that. I don't believe that. I want to puke when people tell me that. I really do. I'm totally serious. When someone comes up to me and there's a, there's a discrepancy in my life that doesn't match what God says, and they say, oh, that's just part of life, I really want to vomit. It grieves my soul. That doesn't mean that I walk perfectly the way that Jesus does, but I always want to be believing that, pressing for the higher calling of God. I mean, face it, none of us are perfect. I'm not perfect. You know, I just went through a big sickness where my life was almost taken out. That never should have happened. I have to take responsibility for that. But wherever it was along the line where I missed it, God still rescued me. Because he is good and true and faithful. And his word never fails. It doesn't bother me to say I missed it somewhere. My God's mercy is greater than my shortcomings. So, you see, we have to recognize what the carnal mind is. It is your enemy. It is your enemy. It is your enemy. Carnal thinking is your enemy. This includes anything like pharisaical attitudes. It includes anything against the moving of the Holy Spirit. It often includes, even in churches, unfortunately, miracles have passed away. They don't believe in healing. Um, so much criticism of the faith movement and provision. You see what I'm saying? Those are all pharisaical attitudes. They're against the word of God. They're not what the word of God shows us. Healing is for now. Provision is for now. The fullness of God is the here and now. Abundance. Freedom in worship. What keeps people from worshiping? With abandon. The moving of God by the gifts of the Spirit are real, and we need, it's time to embrace them. We must walk in the gifts. You must walk in the gifts, and you have been given gifts, whether you recognize them or not, whether you've yielded to them or not, whether you have uh, embraced them, cultivated them. You know, there is a way to cultivate prophecy in your life. Pray in the Spirit. Y'all should do this every day. Every day. You know, you can lock yourself in a prayer room. You can stay there and do it that way. But you can be out and about. And I'm just, you know, praying in the Spirit. And I'm driving in the car and I'm praying in the Spirit. Or I'm going to the grocery store and I'm praying in the Spirit. Or whatever. It can be in the secret place, but it can just be while you're washing the dishes. And you pray in the Spirit, and you talk to the Lord, and you say, Father, um, what do you want me to do about this? Or you're praying for a person. 
You're praying for a person. And God will speak to you about that person. Then you go and you talk to that person about what the Lord said. See, that's you moving in the gift of the Spirit. So sit down, you know, say you're, pray, say you're in your bedroom or your living room or wherever you like to pray, and you're sitting there and you're just talking to the Lord about, okay, well, you know, what do you want me to do today, Lord? What do you have to say to me, Lord? You know, be quiet. Don't just, like, yap all the time. Pray in the Spirit, read the Word, you know, open up your heart to the moving of the Lord, and just say, what would you like to say to me? And then just start writing. Just start writing. That's a word from the Lord. See? You get that? You, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Every single one of you can walk in that. Every single one of you. So anyway, we have to walk in the gifts to reach the people that God wants us to reach, to bring salvation, to overcome in our own lives, to take hold of the ascension life that Jesus ascended to give us, the throne room living, Matthew 2.23. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? If we are always looking for the problem, we're not going to walk in the ascension. Open up our hearts. Open up our brains to the word of God. He answered, this is Jesus talking. Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiathar, the high priest, he, David, entered into the house of God and ate the consecrated bread. <gasps> oh, my. <gasps> what has just happened? Sinner! See, Jesus didn't say that, did he? He didn't do that. There's someone who went blatantly against the traditions of men, and Jesus backed him. Gosh, I love our God. He entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. Have you ever heard that you are a kingdom of priests? And he gave some to his companions. Woo! Wow. Then he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. What rules are you bound to that are totally useless? What traditions in your life are you bound to that are totally useless? So the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. We have to elevate our thinking. We have to think differently. Jesus is saying here, get rid of some of the structures. Walk in the freedom of the word. Walk in the freedom of the Holy Spirit and the heart of God. We have to restructure our approach. You see this, Jesus did not call this rebellion, did he? Mm-mm. He could have pointed a finger like the Pharisees, but he knew that was wrong. He knew that was carnality. So I'm not for rebellion. I'm not, I'm not preaching rebellion here. But this right here is a revolutionary word. It's not business as usual. You know, I don't even like, you know how really doesn't matter what I think, but in my spirit, I get totally agitated when I hear the word revival. I really can't stand that word. I mean, I get such an agitation in my spirit 
Because even the way we look at revival is so wrong. What does the word, put your, put your thinking caps on, open up your spirit. What does the word revival imply? Hmm? Yeah, why do you need revival? Why, do, why does a person have to be revived? Because they're dead. Jesus didn't die so that we could be dead and go through these cycles of woo, 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 woo. He didn't die for us to live that way. He didn't die for us to live in drought. He didn't die for us to live in famine. He died for us to live ascended all the time. We don't have to suffer those times because we have an ascended Lord. He's either Lord or he's not. (laughs) So see, you, 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 everybody in here, you are intended to go from glory, because once you're saved, What's your position? He gave you the glory that God gave him. So you live from glory to glory to glory to glory. How? Revelation. Revelation. That's what we're after revelation of the fullness of God. Revelation of what he did in our hearts. Possessing it. That's what we're after. Because God is good all the time. He never slumbers or sleeps. He never changes. He doesn't have ups and downs. And so when we partake in the revelation of God, we partake in all of his goodness, all the time. And we, as New Testament believers in Christ, were never, ever, ever, ever meant to stop at the the threshold, at the doorway of the throne room, of the Holy of Holies, of the most holy place. Because why? Because the Holy Spirit is in you. See, in the Old Testament, what was it? The priests, they went into the Holy of Holies once a year, and if they did anything wrong, of course, they'd get struck down dead. They had to go through all these hoops. Once a year, only the priests. And what about the Old Testament? How about the prophets? You see, they received a moving from God. External, it's no longer like that. You are indwelt. You are indwelt. You hear from the Lord. Put your put your hand right here. Come on. Say, everybody. I am indwelt if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. I am indwelt by the power of God. I am indwelt by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a river that bubbles up. You see? You have the wisdom of God. You receive revelation from him. It's not something that you just get saved once and then, you know, it's all this external stuff. It's now inside you. Christ in you, uh, the hope of glory. What is that hope of glory? The hope of glory. That's what it is. It's the hope of glory. (laughs) How can we put words on that? How can we limit that? It is his glory. All of it. Every bit of it. 
So we have to realize that when that veil was torn, when that veil was torn, and the ascension of Jesus occurred, that essentially you became the new holy of holies walking around here on this earth. Is that a strong word? Is that a strong concept? That's who you are walking around here on this earth? Holy of holies living. Throne room experience. New creation life. Ascension living. He didn't stay in hell and you don't have to either. The holy ones of God. You are the holy ones of God meant to display his splendor. Isaiah 61.3 They, that's you, if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. As a believer in Christ, you are the temple of the living God. That's not static. That's alive. That's moving. That's creating. You are the temple of the living God indwelt with the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 3.16 Do you not know, this is the Aramaic, a translation from the Aramaic, do you not know that you are the temple of God? What's missing in God's temple? Exactly. Exactly. Nothing missing, nothing broken. And that the Spirit of God dwells within you. See, I'm not making that up. Those aren't just nice words. That's a reality we're meant to embrace. Why else would God tell us to be holy as he's holy? He's not going to tell you something that he hasn't equipped you to do. And he has given you the Holy Spirit. 1 Peter 1.16 Because it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Wow. God thinks an awful lot about you. Not an awful. <laughs> God thinks glorious things about you. You see, we're the ones today that revelation of God is given to. He needs you. He needs you to receive that revelation. He needs you to press in. You are carrying, we are indwelt by Christ, by the Holy Spirit, and you are meant to carry the Holy Spirit everywhere you go. And don't think just because you go somewhere and you're not totally on your game, okay, that day? You're just not feeling it, not feeling right. You know, you don't feel like you're at the top. Well, that's a lie to begin with. His word says you are the head, not the tail, the top of the bone, but only not be. Everything that you do it will prosper. So if the Lord puts you in a situation and someone needs prayer and you're feeling kind of out of it or lethargic, it's okay. You stand out in faith and do what God tells you to do, and he'll take care of the results. Okay? So anyway, it is time to embrace throne room living. And God gives us a picture of the throne room. We're going to read all about the throne room here in a minute. He gives that to you so that you can believe for it. Because the real Christ, in all his power, in all his glory, in all his dominion, in all his authority, is meant to be embraced by you and me. 
You are the fullness of God in Christ. Colossians 2, 8 through 10. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world, 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 rather than Christ. Do you, there's an opposition there. And you're going to have to fight to believe the Christ part. Set your, settle your hearts to believe the Christ part. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. That's you. And you have been given fullness in Christ. Even though you're in a bodily form. He, was, he came in a bodily form to show you that you too could do it. You can do it. You can do it. Come on, you can do it. You ever do that for to a two-year-old when they're, or a one-year-old when they're first starting to take their steps? Come on, you can do it. I'm going to be your cheerleader. You can do it. You can do it. I know you can. Well, you can do this. I can do this. <laughs> and you have been given fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. You see, your habitation is the most holy place. Just, just think of the possibilities if we all believe this. <laughs> just think of the possibilities. If we get rid of the carnality, the carnal thinking, the carnal mind, and we just press into the goodness of God. Just think about what life unmarred by the limits of carnality would be like in this world. Oh, the glory. Oh, the beauty. Oh, the power. Oh, the possibility. All right. I'm going to go, and I'm going to read Revelation. We're going to read Revelation 4 and 5. You don't come to church to play around. We come to church to learn. <laughs> so I don't feel sorry for you having to sit there. <laughs> the throne in heaven, Revelation 4. After this I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. You think this was just for John? Oh, beloved, you have a door that is open to you. Even if you just got that today, it would be awesome, but we're after a whole lot more. And the voice I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, come up here. Beloved, say that. I'm coming up, Lord. And I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Have you been given the Holy Spirit? Okay. At once I was in the Spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and Carnelian. Okay, when we read these words, I want you to really picture this. Think of the beauty of Jasper. Think of the beauty of Carnelian. Think about this. And these are words. I'm sure these words can't even totally embrace the beauty of God and the throne room. So put yourself there. Put yourself there. With someone sitting on it, and the one who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and Carnelian, a rainbow resembling an emerald. I've always tried to figure that one out. I try to envision that one all the time. A rainbow resembling an emerald encircled the throne. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones, and seated on them were 24 elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings, and peals of thunder. Before the throne, seven lamps were blazing. Do you want to be a blazing lamp? 
I want to be ablaze for God. These are the seven spirits of God. Also before the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. In the center around the throne were four living creatures, and they were covered with eyes in front and back. The first living creature was like a lion, the second like an ox, the third had a face like a man, the fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under the wings. Wow. Day and night, they never stop saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Holy, holy, holy. Say that, beloved. Holy, holy, holy are you, Lord, who was and is and is to come. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks, we are meant to give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever. The 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. We are meant to worship him. As you worship him, as you give him glory, as you give him honor, you enter into the throne room experience. As you praise your father, holy, holy, holy are you, Lord. Holy, holy, holy are you, Lord. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. Do you know you have your being? And I'm not just talking about the fact that you were born. You have your being through God, who you are, your presence. Everything that he is becomes your being. See that? His presence with you all the time. Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth, or under the earth, excuse me, could open the scroll or even look inside. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My Jesus. My Jesus. Do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. And who has he triumphed for? You, you, you. Triumphant in all his glory for you. Let me say that quietly so I can appear to be a somewhat sane individual. <laughs> he has triumphed in all his glory for you. <laughs> you can't do it that way. <sighs> he is able to open the scroll and it's seven seals. Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I can't even thank you enough. He was slain for you. He was slain for you. He was slain for you. 
Why? So you could enter the holy of holies, the throne room, the ascended living, the new creation life, the resurrection power. looking as if he had been slain, standing in the center of the throne and circled by the four living creatures and the elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out into all the earth. He came and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. Cast it all upon the lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. This is your song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased men for God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. What did he purchase you for? The fullness of God, the Holy Spirit living, the allness, the completeness. From every tribe and language and people and nation, you have made them to be a kingdom. Do you know you are a kingdom of God? That's your identity. A kingdom and priests to serve our God. And they will reign on the earth. Now, of course, you know, when Christ comes back, we're going to reign with him, aren't we? But do you think you're not supposed to be reigning now? See? We're, we're getting the pictures so that we can have the reality and, and not just wait till we get to heaven to believe for something. Then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. You think about that. What is 10,000 times 10,000? That's 100 million. And where is it? It is just in the throne room alone. Just the throne room. Does that give you a picture of the greatness of God? Does that give you a picture of the power, of the authority? of what is available to you? They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders in a loud voice. Can you imagine a hundred million angels singing, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. That's all we have to do. We just have to give him that. Then I heard every creature in heaven, every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them, all that is in them, all that's in all of that. Can you imagine the sound? And we're afraid to raise our voice in church. Wow. Singing. To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen, and the elders fell down and worshiped. Hallelujah. So Jesus ascended. He ascended. He ascended. And then what did he do? He sat down at the right hand of the Father. 
Why? So that you could receive every spiritual blessing in Christ. Every spiritual blessing in Christ. Think of the beauty here. It, it, is, it is almost incomprehensible except for the fact that the Lord tells us that he gives us revelation. We must be after revelation of the fullness of the word, of the fullness of the living reality of God. We must press into what we know we have. We must look at the ascension, what happened at the ascension. Jesus returned home. He was re-enthroned. He sat down, all power, all might, all dominion, and he handed it to you. He handed it to you. You are not a weak little nothing with no power walking around unable to solve the issues in this world. That's not you. Ephesians 1.18 I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, my heart may be enlightened, in order that we may know the hope to which he has called you. That is not just hope of salvation. That is hope, the hope of what he actually did. All of it. The riches, here, here's what it is. The riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. What you have inherited as a believer in Christ and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, and not only in the present age, but also in the one to come, and God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. How many of you will take everything of Christ in every way? See, that's you. That's the believer. Every child of God who believes this can walk in this. So, what helps us do this? The scripture says, that when Jesus ascended, he gave us gifts. Who doesn't want a gift? You need to just be like a little kid on Christmas morning. You go down and you see those little things there and you go, hmm, it's probably not for me. No, I don't think to do that. I don't, I don't think a little one-year-old do, does that. Doesn't the scripture tell us to believe like children? Well, no. The little kid runs down the stairs, sees all those gifts, and starts ripping into every one of them. And mommy and daddy have to come and say, oh, 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 that's not for you. That's for somebody else. But see, God doesn't say that. Do you want it bad enough? <laughs> well, you must be pretty excited that all came undone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It says when he ascended, he gave us gifts. Why did he give us gifts? To do greater works. See that? To do greater works, John 14, 12. So, Ephesians 4, 8. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he led captives in his train and gave gifts to men. What does he ascend and mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. Wow, he wants to fill your universe. 
It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people. To prepare God's people. You are prepared. Quit sitting on the sidelines. Walk through the door. Believe the door of heaven is open to you for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge, in the knowledge, in the knowledge of the Son of God. That means everything he came to give us and become mature. See, if we don't believe this, we're not mature. But you want to be mature. Attaining, (coughs) this is what we attain to, the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. The whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Revelation 5, 8 through 10. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain, and your blood, with your blood, with your blood, you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Ephesians 4.10 He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. I'm just trying to emphasize those, those scriptures. He didn't leave you out. You are the fullness of God. What does he want to fill the earth with? His glory. His spirit living. His ascended thinking. His callings. His mission. We must fulfill the mission. And he requires that we walk in this mindset, in this, in this trueness, in this reality, in this truth to fulfill his mission. It is time to press in, to press in, to press in, to press in all that he has for you, all that he has delivered, all that he has purchased. He gave gifts so that we can press into the higher thoughts and movings and callings of God to perform his perfect will here on the earth. You are prepared. You are prepared. Don't think you're not. You are prepared to bring the whole measure, the whole measure of Christ here to this earth, to bring kingdom life, heaven, throne room living here to earth so that you can be an overcomer and so that you can help others overcome, so that you can change the mindsets of people that keep them from receiving the fullness of Christ. If someone you meet doesn't believe in healing, don't let it rest there. You know what I'm saying? Don't let it rest there. Be kind, but be the word. Be the life to someone. Because we are meant to transform this world, to transform this thinking, to change the status quo, to get revelation and implant it. Gifts of empowerment to manifest his kingdom here, the glory of heaven here, his truth here, the truth of God, Christ, the hope of glory. Gifts given you so that you can shake out the dross in your own life and help others shake it out of their lives so they won't be encumbered by the chains that the devil wants them to be wrapped in so that you can help snatch them from the devil's clutches. The clutch of wrong thinking. Anything that limits the totality of God. Anything that limits the totality of God. We are meant to be refined as gold. 
healing, deliverance, provision. It goes on and on. We are meant to operate in the power of God for him, to his glory right here. So what are the gifts? We've already talked about prophets, uh, apostles, evangelists, preachers, and teachers. That was mentioned. But 1 Corinthians 12, 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them. Get this phrase. In all men and women. In all. You are not left out. In all. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given, is given for the common good. So you have been given, and he needs you to perform his work here on the earth. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom, to another the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and, still, and to still another, the interpretation of tongues. Beloved, strive for the greater gifts. Strive for the gifts. You have the gifts. It is your job to receive them, to understand them, to employ them. Oh, sleeper, arise. Now, I'm not really calling you guys sleepers. Because, frankly, you wouldn't be sitting here if you were a sleeper. I don't think. <laughs> That's not an arrogant statement, is it? Every single one of you, God has a calling on your life. And you are meant, you are meant to be mentors, disciplers, teachers. You are meant to instruct others and to bring them into the fold. God has placed you here for that. So when I say, oh, sleeper, arise, but there are still places in our own lives where we're, we need to grasp the fullness of this, right? Right? You wouldn't be here if you were a, a sleeper in totality, but there are still areas where we each need to embrace a greater fullness. Okay? And we need to press in into great, the greatness of God in certain areas. And you know what those areas are, because God doesn't keep secrets. And you don't need me to tell you what they are. Matthew 11, 11 through 12, I tell you the truth. Among those born of women... There has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet he, who is least in the kingdom, okay, this is post-Jesus, right? Yet he, who is least in the kingdom of heaven, is greater than he. In other words, greater than John the Baptist. Because of the indwelling, right? But you have the indwelling. That's you. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing. And forceful men and women lay hold of it. Forceful men lay hold of it. Are you going to be a forceful warrior that lays hold of the fullness of the glory of God. It is time to forcefully take, forcefully take the abundance of the kingdom here. Do you, do you, you see what I'm saying? It is time to lay hold to be forceful in what you know belongs to you and bring it down. I shouldn't say bring it down because it bubbles up from within us, but bring it out into the world. 
We must no longer minimize what Jesus died to give us. We cannot do that anymore. We cannot minimize what's been done. We cannot, we need to stop marginalizing ourselves. We need to stop marginalizing our gifts. You are love and life to a hurting world. Don't let them shame you. Don't let them talk you out of it. You see what I'm saying? Don't shrink back. We must stop marginalizing the power of Christ in our lives. We must stop. We must stop. We must stop. We must stop marginalizing, minimizing the miraculous. It belongs to us. You are created anew to bring the new. See that? You are created anew to bring the new. And, and I, I really want to take this quite seriously. So, truthfully, because I really want us to take it home today, I, if you're willing, I would like to have a prayer of repentance for marginalizing what God has done. You, see, you know what I'm saying? Because we've all done it in some area of our lives. So, we're going to pray. If you, if, if you can agree with this, I want you to pray with me. Dear Lord, I just come before you, and I repent, Lord, for marginalizing and minimizing what you have truly done for me. Oh, Lord, open the eyes of my understanding. Give me new revelation. Help me to see what you have done and to walk in your love and your mercy, your power, your authority, your forgiveness, your dominion here on earth. Lord, help me to do what you have called me to do. Help me to bind up the brokenhearted through you. Lord, I just come to you and I repent for any, any thought, Lord. Show me, new, show me your thoughts. Show me the higher calling. Show me the ascended thinking. I repent, Lord, for making you way too small. And I trust you, Lord. I trust you, Lord, to renew my mind. And I thank you that you work through me by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 2 Timothy 1.6 For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Now the gift of God is in you by the Holy Spirit. He was talking to Timothy here, okay? So you don't have to have me lay hands on you which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of fear, or some translations say timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. Some people say self-control or self-discipline. 1 Corinthians 12, 31. But eagerly desire the gifts, the greater gifts. 1 Corinthians 14, 12. So it is with you, since you are eager to have spiritual gifts, try to excel in gifts that build up the church. You're important, beloved. You are so important. You are so important. It is time to engage and fully walk it out. Go for the gold. Go for, allow God to refine. I, I want God to refine me. Allow him to refine you. Allow him to shake out whatever is not useful for him. Because dormancy, lethargy, passivity, sleeping are no longer options. They are no longer options. 
We must shake off everything that entangles us and binds us to a worldly thought thinking process. We are here to allow to help the world see the difference that God makes. So we must press into the gift. So we must flow freely as God has designed us to flow so that we can stand up and stand out for him. Okay? Okay. You feel encouraged? I hope you feel encouraged. I hope you realize a new, a fresh, new revelation of how important you are to him and that you are prepared, that you are ready, that you are gifted. So we're going to take communion and we're going to do our tithes and then Harry, I don't know what it's about, but Harry asked me to call him up after.